on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Big Time Show. I'm Peter. Um, and this is Marissa and we'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And a cheerio to Rob, who is has been producing the show the last couple of months, I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a special broadcast brought to you by the Doin' Time Show. It's Monday, January the 28th, 2019. And on Saturday, um, well, today is a public holiday for Australia Day, but I call it Invasion Day. It is Invasion Day. And um, it was Invasion Day on Saturday, and it has been an invasion since 1788. It still is, yeah. It still is. And there was a march actually on, on Saturday, and we may actually do a brief report back on that later. I couldn't attend the march, but there was terrible coverage on the news about that. Didn't really highlight a lot of the Indigenous issues. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Sam Watson, who is an Indigenous activist and warrior from Queensland. We're going to be speaking also with Marianne McKay from Western Australia, um, who's um, a wonderful um, Indigenous activist from, from over there. And then we'll speak to Vicky Roach from New South Wales, although her land, she will speak to us specifically about what land she's from. We were unable to have anybody from Victoria, unfortunately, Uncle Jack Charles is missing in action um, and he's a, a great actor and um, performer and he usually comes onto the show um, just about every year. So hello to Uncle Jack and I hope he might be able to turn up um, as well. So, and we hope to you also to bring, to bring to you some Indigenous music today, um, in particular from South East Desert Metal, who are a great band from Alice Springs. And they they're in the middle of a tour at the moment. Yeah, they're playing Castlemaine today. Absolutely, yeah, it's I great. I did already, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. They were playing in Ballarat Saturday night. Played last night. Played last night with Cosmic Psychos down at the ESPY, and also Friday night in Ballarat, and also um, at the Bendigo Hotel on Thursday night. And I went to see them twice. So let's line up Sam Watson. Um, I'm going to be speaking. We'll be speaking with him shortly about his perspectives on Invasion Day. And you're back with the Doing Time Show, and we have Sam Watson on the line, who has been been interviewed by us for many years now, and has and has given us some wonderful insights. Hello, Sam. Good day. How's it going, now, mate? Hi, Sam. Uh, not bad. Peter's here too. Sam, Aboriginal elders have for the last 81 years, um, this January 26 is no different, and elders have protested the ongoing colonial violence on the people, First Nations people and on the land. Can you talk about Invasion Day and tell us um, how you feel about it and and what's been happening? Well, it's the entire um, mythology that's uh, evolved over the years is, is... Absolutely appalling. I mean, you know, um, back in uh, 1770, uh, James Cook lobbed over here, charted the east coast of the continent, uh, and then bodged his his logbooks to 
uh, claim that he had uh, he had extinguished all all title to the land uh, that he hadn't encountered any um, any society that was sufficiently complex enough or civilized enough to exercise any sort of possession or ownership over the land, uh, and he recommended that uh, the British Crown uh, uh, lay claim to the entire continent uh, and recommended the Ad- Admiralty because that British just come through the uh, the uh, very costly uh, War of Independence from America, and they had nowhere to offload their uh, their prison population. So uh, the Admiralty then decided to uh, uh, send the uh, the excess prison populations across to Australia. So, seven out of eighty-eight have eleven British boats sail into the um, southern lands of the. Gadigal people, uh, and then they to establish the colony of New South Wales. So, so Australians, Australian people, mainstream Australians, seem to be very confused about what January 6 actually means. I mean, January 26 was the day in which uh, this British um, administrator, by now Governor Governor Philip, uh, landed here to establish a colony. There was this was many decades before there was any thought of. Uh, uh, colony, other colonies being established and a long time before uh, the colonies then became independent states and then a long time before uh, those states became a, a so-called Commonwealth of Australian states uh, in January 1901. So um, what, we're, what we were talking about on, on Saturday when we observed Invasion Day up here in Brisbane is that uh, there should be, similar to South Africa, uh, when South Africa dismantled the apartheid system. Um, they established, the people there established a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So there should also be a dismantling of the, uh, the apartheid regulations here in Australia and there should be a Truth and Reconciliation Commission established because uh, there has never been any attempt to hold um, colonial officials accountable or responsible for the enormous... Um, crimes against humanity that, that perpetrated against Aboriginal people across this country. And we're talking about tens of thousands of our people, men, women and children, uh, peaceful, peace-loving uh, civilian population uh, without without arms, uh, without any violent intent, um, were, were massacred. They were massacred, they were raped, they were poisoned, they were, they were slaughtered. And uh, this is heavily documented uh, right down through the course of, of European of the European invasion, so January 26 is, is a day uh, in which uh, white Australians are, are dancing on the on the misery and suffering and tragedy uh, of the war of genocide that's been launched against the Aboriginal people of this land. Absolutely, and in fact, there's a lot of racist and discriminatory policing practices and incarceration of Aboriginal people at the highest levels in the world. Yeah, it's, it's just unacceptable because uh, Aboriginal people uh, constitute, I think, um, 2.53% of the population, yet in places like Queensland uh, and West Australia, uh, Aboriginal prisoners uh, constitute up to 55 to 60% of the prison population. The, the youth detention system in the West Australia and the Northern Territory uh, is 75 to 85%. Aboriginal. So the system 
uh, absolutely discriminates against and targets Aboriginal people because Aboriginal people uh, are not a criminal race. We're not uh, we're not social deviants. Uh, Aboriginal people are very law-abiding and are uh, very respectful people, and we have very strict legal codes in place. Long before Philip and James Cook came here, so and and our people obeyed the laws um, right across the 500 tribal nations. So so now we're we're running headlong into this uh, this British style of so-called uh, law and order, the British style of so-called justice over over which Aboriginal people again had had no real involvement or control. Um, and these courts are just uh, are just being used as sausage factories to channel Aboriginal people into into these jails and detention centres. Um, and once those people end up in those places, they, uh, it's just a never-ending cycle. The recidivism rate uh, Absolutely. Is, is just accelerating. So, But, I mean, there's also you know, the mental health system uh, because Aboriginal people are just uh, being totally demoralised and uh, we can find no, no sanity in this uh, entire system that's seeking to crush us and depress us and Year by year, I see a, a, a great increase in the institutionalisation rates of our people, not only into the criminal justice system, but also the mental health system. So and suicide rates. Self-harming. Mm. Suicide rates in children, isn't it? Over the last five weeks, we, we've had 12 Aboriginal children across Australia um, self-harming and committing suicide. I mean, that is absolutely appalling. That oh. should be... If this was happening in a um, in a white suburb, mainstream suburb, where there was the higher living standards, uh, there would be enormous outcry. There would be mass meetings, mass uh, media media events, and uh, you'd have state and federal ministers hopping all over it and promising millions of dollars to do something. But uh, because these are Aboriginal children, nothing. You don't you don't get anything, and these. These are beautiful, healthy, vital children uh, who are so overwhelmed by the sort of lives they're being forced into. Um, and you're talking about communities in places like Western Australia where the families there who are traditional owners and custodians of the country, um, who should be multi-millionaires because of the enormous exploitation of their land and country that's... Uh, you know, funding funding the lifestyles of people like Gina Reinhardt and Twiggy Forest, uh, who are amassing billions of dollars of money out of stolen Aboriginal land, and these children of ours just living in the most appalling, gut wrenching poverty. Uh, and it is is no mystery, it's no wonder that these kids are self harming. Uh, number one, and then number two. Uh, taking the ultimate step and actually uh, ending their lives. So this is terrible, terrible terrible tragedy. uh, But no one cares to do anything about it. That's exactly right. And and we need to actually start, instead of... um Instead of Australia being an ATM an ATM machine for mining companies, not only desecrating sacred sites, cultural heritage sites and trees, I'm just saying, like, the country is being held to ransom. Instead of doing that, start spending money on programs to for suicide prevention and, and programs for for Indigenous children. That's right. That's for all right. our you children, but, but Indigenous yeah. children hasn't, haven't yeah. been focused on. 
and you're not in the you know, Royal Commission to hold enormous think tanks being held in Canberra. I mean, the solution's right there at the community level. You need to need to engage with and, and empower uh, the families and the elders to to address those problems uh, before before contact with uh, the British invaders. Our, our people had a stable, secure um, you know, society in which everyone was valued. Uh, long before White Force came here, we we had a society that uh, was was you know based on a, an economy that had uh, complete uh, employment. Unemployment came with the White Force. Uh, we had absolute uh, uh, everyone was housed in, in comfortable dwellings. Uh, everyone had you know lifelong occupation to make contribution to the community. Uh, there was, you know, very, very stable, secure um, legal systems in place to guarantee the rights of all citizens. We, we had very, very sacred, secure boundaries of country. We had a very strong uh, and ancient spiritual system uh, in which our people um, engaged with, with country, engaged with the, uh, the through ritual and, and ceremonies and, and song lines, we, we knew our country and uh, we lived with and worked within uh, the natural cycles of the land. And over the last, I just heard today on the news that there's been an, another mass uh, death um, of, of fish in the Murray-Darling River system. Yeah. So, mm. And the, the waters are being held back by those bloody cotton plantations up there in central, central Australia in the Channel Country. Uh, so the traditional owners, keepers and custodians of that country are uh, uh, asking for those cotton plantations to release the water, let the water flow. But uh, those multimillionaires have only got they've only got eyes on the prize. They've only got eyes on the balance book, on the amount of money they can generate. Uh, they, they care nothing for the flora, the fauna. They have no respect for the rights of the people down downstream. Uh, and the, the rivers, these beautiful river systems that uh, sustain our land and country across many tens of thousands of years um, are, are being killed, uh, are dying. And uh, from there, you have, uh, you have all these impacts on, on the bird life, on, on, the, on the fish, on the, on the plant life. Uh, yep. it's, uh, it's, it's really terrible. It's crime in progress. It's stealing, really. It's it's the stealing of the water. It's it's the mm. the de- desecration, isn't it? It's interesting. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Yeah, I was just saying, Sam, that um, I was just having a, a, a bit of a, a think here, and I've spoken to a couple of Aboriginal people over the years, and and they say to me, they're very they're very sarcastic, but they mean it, and they say flora and fauna. That's how people see us Aboriginal people: flora and fauna. And That's the, right. you know, and it's true. There, especially, there's just no no consideration at all. But I'm hoping that we can all unite, Sam. We can all help each other, and and try to make things better. And part of that is maybe abolishing Australia Day. What do you think of that? Oh, I still still think that January 26 needs to be uh, needs to be held there because that's the day on which the War of Genocide was launched. Uh, so I'd still say that uh, January 26th is an important day for Aboriginal people across this uh, across this country because we started doing 
ceremonies and uh, business on the 25th of January, ah. which was the uh, the day before the war began. Uh, and that's important because uh, on Invasion Day up here, we had uh, almost 10,000 people gathered. Uh, many of those people hadn't been to an Invasion Day rally and protest before, but they came along. Uh, and we had large numbers of non-Indigenous people. And uh, good. we had great speakers. It uh, showed that uh, our young people are stepping up uh, and the young people ran the day and they did a great job. Uh, and then we marched across the Musgrove Park um, and we had a wonderful community afternoon where uh, people would just able to sit around in the, under the trees in, in the park and uh, and the kids had a great time. Everyone had a great time and uh, we, we just... We just reflected on, on what's happened over the past 12 months and reflected on the challenges that are before us because um, over the next few days we'll be having large numbers of, of young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids going back to school and that's a big priority in our community because education is, is the most important tool uh, and we need to give all our families a massive amount of support in order to get uh, our kiddies Decent clothing, uh, decent uniforms, books, and uh, all this sort of all these things they need yep. in order to start their uh, their educational career that will hopefully take them through to the upper school and on to colleges, universities. This is what's going to empower our mob, going to Definitely. empower our communities. Definitely. And just two more questions, Sam. Um, first of all, can you just um, tell listeners what land you're from in case listeners have just tuned in and they've never heard of you? Yeah, well, I'm Brisbane Mob. Um, we have um, a very large Chagara language group here and across the place now called Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane's known as the engine, and that refers to the very sacred relationship between the river, Maywa, and the... Uh, and the land, the country. Uh, and also got uh, blood ties to um, our mob in central Queensland where the Adani mob are trying to build a coal mine. That's oh. the, the Bidigaba people, the Wiri language group. And also blood ties up there to the Kalkadoon mob, place where Mount Isa has been built. And they've got uh, family on Palm Island, up in the Cape, uh, down there at Warabinda and Sherberg. So... Right across the state, we got uh, we got mob, and uh, but um, born and bred in Brisbane, and always always lived here in Brisbane. Warabinda, and, uh, ah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of so that. So these are places where uh, lots of our mob, as the uh, colonial forces um, carried out their war of genocide against our people, they took the the main warriors and uh, broke families up, broke communities up and ship them all over to, to every point of the compass in order to break down the resistance. So we got the biggest mob up there on Palm uh, and up in the Cape and out there around Isa. So wherever we go, our family, we uh, always run into rallies. I mean, we were at, uh, last year we did a quick trip up to, up to uh, Cairns and dropped over to Yarrabah and run into mob out there. So it's always good to maintain those connections. Fantastic, Sam. And was there a parade during the march? Like, were you involved with the parade at all, or was trying to stop trying to stop the parade? parade? Yeah. No, no, no. they um, they stopped having those. There were oh. there were citizenship ceremonies, uh, 
and we've we've stayed on point. We were uh, mobilised on the day to make our statement about Invasion Day and the crimes perpetrated against our people. So uh, we ignored those and uh, we conducted our community business uh, and we had a had a great day. We had uh, good. We had large numbers of elders out, uh, and but like I said, we uh, we stepped back and let the youngies run the day, and yeah. they did a great job. Good on you, Sam. I mean, look, this this has been a, a national national protest, hasn't there? A protest or community gathering? Every every state is different, isn't it? Every clan is different of how they do things. Here in Victoria, there was a, a march, and they always the the people on the march always try to um, be anti parade or or to try to stop it. Well, not stop it, but to to actually um, assert, if you like. Their their right to be part of this land that was stolen. Mm, I mean, every every community will conduct yeah. their business in the way they see fit. Exactly. But here in Brisbane, uh, we particularly like marching through the middle of the city uh, across the Musgrove Park, and this year we have these um, Great. this um, motor motorcycle club uh, hmm. mob Murray's on bikes, and they had cool. uh, they had uh, fifteen. Really big bus on, wow. on Harley Davidson, and they uh, and they led us across through the city over to Musgrave, and boy, they were noisy. <laughs> so we, uh, we 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 rattled the city of Brisbane real one time. Fantastic, Sam. Thank you so much for coming onto the program. We're going to be speaking pretty soon with Marianne McKay from Western Australia, um, yep. and she's going to be talking about what's happening in in her way. Good on you, Sam. You guys, take care. Okay. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Sam Watson from Brisbane, and he's just given you um, an introduction of where he's from on his land, and we talked to him about Invasion Day and some of the issues um, arising from the invasion, ongoing invasion. That is, it's approximately four twenty-six. And we've got about four minutes until we speak to Marianne McKay. I'll just go to the song, uh, song um, Got to Be Strong by the Romping Band. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And we're speaking now with Marianne McKay, who has been with us many times um, on our show. And we're very honoured to have her. Um, for this very special special broadcast talking about Invasion Day, which, of course, we don't honour. Hello, Marianne. Welcome to the program. Hi, hey, Chris. How are you going? Thanks for having me. Good on Hi, you, Marianne. sis. Yeah, Peter, hey, how are you going? Yeah, so anyway, this is a, it's, a, it's a discussion that we have all year, not just every year, not just on this day. <laughs> I no, mean, no. the Doing Time show has had a very long history of um, covering... Very, very important media in regards to building the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody and, in fact, looking at um, ongoing invasion of Aboriginal people since 1788. So I'm wondering, Sis, if you wouldn't mind just talking about, just a little bit about it, about how you feel about Invasion Day. Well, I just, you know, like I'm frustrated because I can't understand how a nation would want to celebrate a day that marks the genocide of the oldest living culture in the world. Well, I should say attempted genocide because we're still here, you know. 
Um, but there's still genocidal policies that are alive today that reflect that colonial mentality that our ancestors had to put up with when they first invaded our shores. And I think that it's really sad that considering it's been a few hundred years since colonisation or the invasion, I think it's sad that we're still in a state, you know, that of oppression that we are. You know, we should have come a long further than what we have, you know, a long way further than what we have. And it's through the ignorance of, you know, that lack of education to society about the truth of what's actually happened, you know, within this country and the history of it, you know, a legal foundation in the first place. And it just upsets me that people can be, um, you know, just so um, ignorant in the sense of just ignoring and dismissing the way that we feel um, in order for them to, you know, have a barbecue and, and have some alcohol and sit along our beautiful beaches and stuff like that. Like, that's all tokenism. It's something that can be celebrated on any day for them. You that's know, right. it doesn't have to be celebrated on a day that our people started receiving, you know, all these genocidal policies that they've had to put up with. I would rather come in here and do a show and and do something to to promote, not promote, but, you know, do something to cover this type, this topic rather than having a barbecue and getting drunk. Mm. Oh, that's right, you know. And, like, Invasion Day to us isn't about, you know, we go to the beach anyway. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter. That's you right. Because we live in a, a hot climate, you know. But what Invasion Day is to us, you know, that's why we go to the rally. And we rally against the day, you know, and try and raise that awareness with society and march with our non-Aboriginal supporters. And then we have the um, survival conduct after that, which has been named, renamed the Birak Festival. Okay. You know, which is our, our season at the moment, one of our six Noongar seasons. But it, I prefer the name of survival concert. So then people, that yeah. raises questions. Oh, why is it a survival concert? Why have you called it that? Whereas Birak... You know, that gets you talking about culture and the season of culture. But it, to me, um, it's like the government, the government trying to cover up the message of what it is that we're trying to promote on that day, and that's our survival. It's not just a cultural festival that's part of their Perth Fringe Festival, you know? Absolutely. Mm. Now, Marianne, you've been talking to us um, over a number of shows now about the um, the the native title settlement, has it been resolved yet or it will never be resolved, I believe? No, we've got, a, um, we've got until the 1st of February to put in affidavits. What the government have done, like, oh, my God, you know how dirty and sneaky they are. Ah. They've applied for an interlocutory order to dismiss our case um, on the grounds that it's behaved, it's frivolous, we've got no proper grounds of action um, and that we're just... Um, trying to shame the government and things like that. Like, it's ridiculous. I can send you the cops, you know, so that you and Pete can have a look at it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Sure. Yeah, so what we've had to do is um, do an affidavit and rebut what they sent to us, you know. So in court, so we've got 22nd of February, the judge will hand down his judgment on the interlocutory application. So what they've gone and done is... Um, they sent us, so I said in court, you need to show me a legal document under any legal mechanism that was required at the time of discovery of land, you know, in regards to our people. So, and I said, I put it to the court that you can't provide that and that you are all in contempt, you know. And so what happens, the state government's office, solicitor's office, goes and applies for an interlocutory order to say that we've got no case. And it's like, well, hang on. 
So what they send me, um, you know, like to support their claim to our lands is a proclamation from a king that didn't have the authority to give that proclamation under international law, um, diaries of the cap- a couple of the captains that came here, which they had no authority anyway, um, and, like, history papers of the Swan River Colony that was written by colonial settlers of the time. Um, and um, what was another one? Oh, there was, like, another um, um, thing to do with Captain Sterling, like his orders or something, you know? And it's all... Like, it's all crap. It's like a Year 12 TE history assignment, what they've sent me. And so we just basically rebutted all of it, um, and I handed in my affidavit last week. So if that Justice Barker of the Perth Federal Court grants that interlocutory application, well, we've got rise for an appeal, like probably straight to the High Court, because they can't dismiss the documents that I filed with my affidavit. They can't rebut them. Well, that's right, even though they did try to lock you out of Parliament. You know, and they locked us and elders out of Parliament. You know, and it's like, well, if that's the whole inclusive process, well, why are people being excluded? And if they want to call us citizens and look at their own laws under the Constitution, they legally don't have a right to lock us out of Parliament. Well, that's exactly right. And, and in fact, um, one of the demands um, that was placed on the government um, in Victoria for the, for the march was um, basically not to go selling the constitution to Aboriginal people without having a treaty. Mm, that's right, because the constitution is an illegal document. You know, it's not a founding document for a nation. You know, it's just a document where they stole another people's land and tried to make it all legal. And so people have to understand that they're trying to get us into our, into their constitution so that we are ceding our legal sovereignty to our land and yeah. come under them, whereas we need to go for a, you know some kind of sovereign agreement because we can't treaty with a corporation and a legal entity. you know. And because the Australian government, they don't have absolute sovereignty to be able to treaty with us. We have to go straight to the head of the snake, you know? That's right. Mm. That's, that's, yep. that's crazy. And it's just the government are fooling people with all of these things, you know, the Uluru State from the heart, you know, constitutional recognition. They're putting the wrong messages out there and they're manipulating people. And that's what they're doing. You know, they're brainwashing people into that colonial mentality so that they'll agree to something that they think is good when it's actually a manipulation to further their own processes, you know. It's really a form of colonial settler violence and systemic racism. Well, that's right, in a modern era, you know? And it's just disgusting that society thinks that that's okay. Mm. Mm. And it's just upsetting, you know, because you look around everywhere and people just walking around with their head in the clouds. They don't even know the true history of what's going on in this country and they don't even know what the average Aboriginal person goes through. That's exactly right, but that's why we have this show and I think what I have really liked about um, interviewing you is that you're straight down the line and you, you talk about, you, you talk say as, as it is and that's how it should be. Yeah, and that's how it should be, sis, you know, and there's so many of us that have a voice that should be heard and we're just closed off and that's why outlets like you, you know, are solid for us mob to get our messages and that out there, you know, because... It's not being put out there in mainstream 
to make society aware of what's going on. We've got to listen to shows like Studio 10 and Kerry Ann Kennelly rattling her uneducated brain off, you know? And it's like, that, you know, Yumi Steins, for her to stand up the way that she did, like, I'll defend her because that was boss. You know, and Carrie Ann Kennelly needs to understand that what she did was make a racist statement and say, you know, like that our people, all they go through is that kind of abuse, you know, sexual abuse without education. And it's like, has she even been to the Northern Territory and seen the schools up there and seen that them kids get education? Yeah. You know, they get cultural education and English education. You know, and services aren't made widely available like they are in the cities because they're in rural and remote areas. They don't have access. And it's like, well, does Carrie Ann Kennelly, what has she ever done for our people to speak out the way that she did? That's not right. Like, has You've she got even to... put herself in that situation, you know? You've got to have She's that knowledge. Too busy putting Botox in her face. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone through their own, you know. But come on, there's, there's a point where you've got to understand and embrace your age, you know, and, and live with how old you are, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Yeah, Goodness yeah. me. It's, it's, look, it's, it's crazy. Look, I, I actually went to see the most wonderful um, and, and yeah, I'm, it's, I'll it's. let you get going oh, back to your kids. And the beach, so they're like, hurry up, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll have you back there soon. But just very quickly, I, um, yeah, you know, going on from that discussion, extending it a bit, um, well, I went to see the, the most wonderful Aboriginal metal band the other night, South East Desert Metal, um, yep. down in Ballarat. And I spoke to the, the bass player and the, and the drummer and you could tell English was not their second language. And, you know, sorry, English was their second language, sorry. Yep. So their yep. first yep. language was the traditional Aboriginal. And they were telling me all about the different languages that they have. Um, with with different clans, like they're from three different clans, but a lot of people wouldn't know that, and they wouldn't think to ask Marianne. Yeah, no, that's right, and they probably speak seven dialects before they even speak English. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. People don't understand, and they don't understand that you know there are Aboriginal people right around this country, and we all have different lives and different issues that we go through, but we all have them common issues as well. You know, and in order for these mob like Studio 10 and that to have comments that they have, Terrible. they really need to get on the ground, you know, with our community and our elders and talk to the people instead of listening to people like Jacinta and Best Price and Warren Martin and Noel Pearson and them all, you know, like Tokenism. they need to get on the ground and talk to the people that are living these lives. Because how can you talk about and have an opinion about a life that you don't live if you don't even talk to the people that live those lives? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an uninformed opinion, yeah. And that's what really frustrates me because, and especially on social media, just how we get so many, um, so much negativity chucked at us when we're just trying to tell the truth, yes. you know? And that's why when we had the march in Perth there, and I just want to give a shout out, Sister Karina Abraham done a deadly job. We had over a 1,000 people, and for Perth, for us to have a 1,000 people to march, that's like, <laughs> that's just like the biggest boss, like just deadly <laughs> for yeah. us because our people, you know, we don't get that many people, you know. So, and the majority of them, like 60% of them would have been non-Aboriginal tortoises. And, you know, when it comes to Perth on Invasion Day, we had the head of Reclaim Australia over here try and carry on, but we got the police to take him away. Yeah? Um, and the media, yeah, and the media focused on that. It was really... The fascists, of course. Yeah, it just annoyed me. Happened here too, Happened here too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that all over the news. Yeah, yeah, they tried to steal the speaker or something, eh? The police. The government needs to do something about it. Yeah, and this guy... Oh, they do. 
Yeah. This guy tried to yeah. pro- provoke, like put in, he walked into the march with the Australian flag, and of yeah. course people are going to get upset and stuff. But it's yeah. not. It's not even about yeah. that. The politicians, they're not going to do anything about it because they're the, the Liberal government. It's feathering their own nest. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right, and they don't care. But in Perth, like, we had a good march, and we were really lucky. The majority of people, we didn't have any um, rednecks or have to deal with any racist attacks or taunts apart from that bloke now, and that was when we were doing our speeches before we marched. So when we started marching the whole way and that, everyone was just supportive. Like, it just surprised me. I expected smart asses and that, like, when we march against deaths in custody and things like that, you know? Mm. But, yeah, like, everyone was just boss, and we marched down to the Birak concert and got up on stage, had a few words, and, you know, Sister Karina, she said, Carl, let's just keep marching, so we marched again. And, (laughs) like, it was just a boss day, you know, and ending it with the survival concert. Fantastic. Yeah. And who who were the bands? Yeah, I'm coming, honey. Played there. Um, well, we had, um, you know, Mary G? Yeah, yeah. You know, Mary G? Yeah. So Mary G was there singing. Um, Phil sang songs and that as well. There was Delta Ui. Um, oh, who else was there? There was the, I think it was the Midar Dancers, Excellent. I think. Excellent. Yeah. So, but it was, yeah, there was a whole lineup. I think Dally was singing, I'm coming, hang on, honey. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, oh, it was so boss. And just, it was all, you know, like you had local entertainment and then you had, um, I think it was that fella from um, Jookie Malpa. The, Excellent. Um, black, yeah, the rapper one. Oh, that yeah. That does the rapping and that. Yeah. So we had, um, oh, I can't even remember his name too. But, but we good. just had the wickedest lineup. Like it was just solid entertainment. They had activities for the kids, and my babies just played all day. They had a ball. That's so fantastic. So it's good to be able to have the survival concert and take our minds out of the sadness of the day by being around our own mob and our non-Aboriginal supporters. You know, because they Music. come and sit with us at the concert as well. Music is important. Um, very important. Marianne, we'll let you get to your your children. We're just about to interview v- Vicky Roach next um, from New oh, South solid. Wales. Yeah, give her yeah, my love good. and tell her I said hello. I will. We I'm will. I'm coming now. Yep. All right. Then sis, no thanks, worries, sis. brother. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Right, thanks, you, my Bye-bye. 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 And that was um, Marianne McKay. Um, speaking to us about Invasion Day and the march in WA and the survival concert. Um, just a, very quickly before I, we ring Vicky Roach, I wanted to include just a little bit of coverage from Victoria, even though Uncle Jack isn't here. Um, just to give a little bit of a quote from him um, when he attended a treaty gathering last year. And he says, renowned actor and... Bronwurong older elder Jack Charles said he felt he hadn't been able to participate in the treaty process. I've seen other meetings happening in today and I've always thought to myself, well, why didn't I know about this? And he also says that different clans had different ideas of what a treaty could bring and that he hoped the government would be open to a parley with the Victorian Aboriginal people. And he says, from my own perspective, we have certain demands that we will place on the state of Victoria. Demands, for instance, to reconstitute our missing community centres in our small and large towns and to have a permanent elders' presence in our prisons and youth detention centres. And that's a very important quote. And I wanted to include Uncle, even though he's not here. And if you're listening, Uncle, why are you here, mate? (laughs) (laughs) But it's all good. I'm sure there's a reason. So we're now going to go and speak to Vicky Roach very soon. Help Freesia support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our 
dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others. The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. On sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Vicky, it's lovely to have you. Just quickly, I was wondering if you could just tell us what land you're from. Um, um, you and country. Good. That's good. Now, I'm, you know, Invasion Day, that's what we've talked about all day today. And oh, I, yes. I just want to hear what your perspective is on all this. I mean, I know that you do a lot of work around prison abolition. Um, and I'm wondering if you could talk about a bit about that in, in the context of invasion. Well, look, I'm personally encouraged by the increasing numbers of people that um, that are marching on Invasion Day in Invasion Day protests um, rather than Australia Day. I, I think that's, uh, that's really heartening and to see that kind of growing all over the country is especially heartening. Do, do we have a final tally of all over the country, how many people marched? Don't or, know yet. Or, we'll have to get yeah, that organised. Thousands, though. In Perth, there were a thousand. Melbourne was meant to be the biggest. Yeah, Melbourne was the biggest, I think. No, I mean... From, yeah, I think there was like 80,000 in Melbourne. 80,000? Mm. Yeah, something like that. It's pretty amazing. 60,000, maybe? Wow. Well, it was a lot more, a lot more than the media reported. Like every everywhere, the media was just saying, you know, um, thousands of people, but like yeah. there were tens of thousands <laughs> everywhere. What about in Sydney? 
Yeah, Sydney. Sydney was huge too. Like, um, not not always turns on a better one. But you know, it's it's always good to have you, Vicky. Like we, um, by the way, Marianne McKay sends her love to you, for WA. Oh, oh, lovely! Send it right back to her. Isn't she too. deadly? She's just awesome. She is. I, I love Marianne. Strong woman there. Yeah, and also we spoke to Sam Watson from Queensland earlier on. Yeah, yeah. And, and Uncle Jack Charles was meant to come in, but instead I actually read out a quote because he he couldn't come. So. I think it's really good to have you on the show when we're doing when we're wrapping up, you know, just to say hello and and just to acknowledge your wonderful work, Vicky, with poetry and your your prison stuff. I know you don't like having draw attention drawn to you, but you've got to start realizing your gifts and realizing that you're that you're very good at what you do. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're great. You've spoken to a lot of panels. You've, you, you know, you've talked a lot about prison stuff. You've been to prison yourself. You've, you've participated in all the voting. You know, um, but we haven't got much time left. But even now, let's talk about this demand that um, the warriors of Aboriginal resistance had for this march. What do you think of this, Vicky? Our children being forcefully removed from their families and communities. And what do you think of that statement, What that demand towards the government that they had for the march? The, the government stopped doing it, yeah. Um, I, I fully concur. Um, I was actually just reading something today. Um, it was American. Um, but the First Nations people over there, the elders are trying to take jurisdiction yeah. uh, over the young people. So that they're they're not even um, to try and keep them out of the, the criminal justice system, or uh-huh. criminal injustice system, as I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know we we know that um, culture is healing, um, but this being able to wrest the, the kids away from the criminal justice system has got to be good. And if only we could. Um, do something like that here. Um, the, although the the colonised mind of the criminal justice system won't allow us to escape that easily. We'll, they'll, they'll make us conform somehow to the um, perception of how criminal justice should be delivered. Let's hope that, you know, that we can start having more innovative programs um, and, and address... The, the stolen generation, but Vicky, when we've got more time, and this was this was just a, a little bit of a shout out to all our our Aboriginal um, elders and activists that have done so much work today. But when we've got more time, I'd love to talk to you more about stolen generation and, and what's happened. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Do that. Well, that's something that can always be talking about. It hasn't stopped, and we're, we're look like we're going to be talking about this for another few generations. That's right. Look, we've got about three minutes left of our show, um, but I'm going to say do something really unorthodox now. Um, so we're going to have to say goodbye really soon and go out with our with our theme song, Blackfella Whitefur, with the Rumpy Band. But um, Vicky, thank you so much for coming onto the program. No, thank you for having me, and and thank you for all the time we've talked. <laughs> and there'll be many more in the future.
I'm sure they will. I hope they will. I hope I haven't talked too much. I was just trying to, to ask questions to try to, you know, get a discussion generated. No, no, it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks, sis. Talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks, Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Peter. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was... Sorry. That was um, Vicky Roach. And we've had a very interesting show, but I think we've got about three minutes before Beyond Zero. Um, the repeat show because they're on their summer break. Thank you so much for, to all our guests and see you next Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time show every Monday. Bye.